This morning with Stacy Bratzel and Daryl McIntyre on 630 Chat, supported by Abe's Door Service, with 24-7 emergency service where you speak to an actual person. Visit abesdoor.ca. Coming up on 807 here on This Morning with Stacy Bratzel, Daryl McIntyre, Morley 2. Stacy's off. Morley and I are not. Uh, Stacey will be back on Monday uh, here on the big show. Uh, Morley and I are pretty excited because we get to have a have a, a, a chat with a guy people just call Hitch. Ken Hitchcock. Now an NHL Hall of Famer, Hockey Hall of Fame inductee. What was that? A little a little over a week ago? We just yep. finally got through his phone because it's <laughs> been blowing up ever since then. Kenny Hitchcock's joining us as Stanley Cup champ, Jack Adams uh, Coach of the Year, Hockey Hall of Fame. <laughs> Kenny, how are you doing? I'm doing good, guys. How are things in Edmonton these days? Uh, not bad, I think. Except, no snow yet. Except when you're watching Oilers. And, oh, we will talk to you about that a little later. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time. Where are, where are you at right now? Uh, I'm suffering in Palm Springs. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a Hall of Fame decision no, right there, Ken. Yeah, I, I come down here uh, kind of uh, mid-November, guys, and stay until mid-May and then go back into... Uh, Alberta and BC. After that, yeah, well, you have a lot of company. I know lots of people do, and you, you've earned it. You know what? It's funny. I've never met you. I feel like I, I that the, you're a friend of mine. You're not. You don't know me from Adam. We haven't had a conversation before. But I want to call you Kenny. I want to call you Hitch. Uh, what, do you have any idea why that is? Maybe you've just been on TV too much. Yeah, that's probably it. My face is 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 probably made for radio, but. <laughs> When you're in the when you're in the business, you're being quoted every day. I'm I'm looking at Chris Knobloch, and he's gone from no interviews in the American Hockey League to ten interviews a day. So he's learning the he's learning the scope of what coverage means in the NHL. So it's just it's part of the business, Daryl. To be honest with you. Yeah, no, I, I get it. Take me through, and I know that I don't want to. I don't know how how did you feel, but I am curious. I think when you're a standing Cup champ and a coach of the year, and you've had that that the length of career that you have had, you might have an expectation that hey, this Hall of Fame thing it might come my way someday, maybe. But that's a long way from getting the actual call. Take me through the day you found out you're going into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Well, I I hadn't paid attention to the timeline at all. I, I hadn't I hadn't given it any thought. I hadn't paid attention, and I just finished a a practice session at the at a at a golf club in Kelowna, and I was jamming my clubs in. I had a terrible practice session. I was jamming my clubs in the trunk, and I got a four one six area code number, and. Uh, I didn't know who it was, but I picked it up. I don't know why. Usually I let those go to voicemail, but I picked it up, and it was Lanny's voice. And as soon as I heard Lanny's voice, it's so distinctive, I knew exactly what it was going to be about. And, uh, you know, I was really, really grateful for it. And, uh, you know, Lanny and I go back so long. We've been together in a lot of functions and, and, and representing Canada and stuff like that. So to get that call from Lanny was really special, guys. Yeah, I'll bet it was. Uh, what's the last couple of weeks been like uh, since the induction? I guess just over a week since the induction. Uh, Daryl joked about your phone blowing up and, and getting lots of congratulations texts, I'm sure. Uh, what's it been like uh, since since the induction ceremony? 
Morty, I, I've never, I, I can't believe how many podcasts there are. Like, I, I, I've been, I've probably done 10 or 12 podcasts, and I, I hadn't done two in three years before. So, you know, you, 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 you go out of the limelight for a reason. Uh, you want to stay in the background. I mean, I still work for St. Louis, and I really enjoy what I'm doing with the coaching staffs at the NHL and American League level. But you're out of the limelight, you know, and and then all of a sudden you're you're right into it. And you know when you're like hockey's at such a different level when you're in Canada, like even between Edmonton, Toronto, um, the scrutiny of coverage and everything like that. So it took me time to get used to it, to be honest with you. And um, like I said, I, uh, I it's winding down now from an inter- interview standpoint, but um, it took some adjusting, to be honest with you. I hadn't hadn't done a lot of this stuff before, and and getting back into the swing of things took some time. I'll bet. I, I want to ask you about your speech. I, I watched your speech. I actually have listened to it a couple of times now. You, you man, you hit everybody. Uh, what was that process for you to go back and just kind of go back to United Cycle and sharpening skates through the, the chain gang in Sherwood Park, through, you know, Kamloops, through everywhere you've been in the NHL? You thank so many people. I, I, did, you, did you feel at the end that you missed somebody? But but just tell me about that process of going back and thinking about everybody who's had some kind of effect on your hockey life. Well, my journey uh, was rather unique. You know, I I I I I really focused on coaching at a, at a young age when I followed my dad around, and um, so I I had a lot of people who really stood tall for me to allow me to get to where I got, and I. I didn't want to let it go by, whether it was midget hockey or major junior or in minor pro or whatever. I, I just felt like I had a lot of especially great managers that allowed me to coach. And once I got out of the management business, which was the smartest thing I ever did, guys, um, it allowed me to free up to take the risks that I wanted to take as a coach and try to build teams like I wanted to build them. And guys had to do a lot of work for me to do that, and I, I didn't want to go, I didn't want it to go unnoticed. Whether it was minor hockey board or or a guy like Bob Brown, Rob's dad, um, helping me along the way. These people, these people gave me a leg up so that I could do what I did best, which was coach. You know what? I, I think more often than not, somebody uh, likes to re- reference you as having you know, humble beginnings, sharpening skates uh, back in the day, and, and perhaps. But man, you've got to ha- there's there's got to be a, a strength of character. I think that there might have to be a bit of ego. There needs to be some drive, some competitiveness. Where? How did you balance as you were coming up through the ranks and trying to figure out your path that that the right line between humility and uh, no, not conceit, but uh, but competitiveness and the drive to move forward uh, can they even fit hand in hand you know for me i was really happy working at united cycle and coaching midget hockey i was having the time of my life and i i could have stopped right there and really enjoyed it i got really pushed in interviewing in Kamloops, and that changed my life um i had people who really wanted me to apply for that job and i i was really reluctant to be honest with you I turned down the interview process a, a year before uh, with a couple other major junior teams. I, di- I just felt like I had this great life going, working at the store and, and and coaching minor hockey. And I went for that interview, and then when I went for that interview, I, I thought, I, I can do this. I can, 
especially from a coaching standpoint, and that kind of fueled the fire. But I, I got to tell you guys, I know this might sound surprising, but I had no aspirations to coach in the NHL. I had no goals. I just wanted to – my goal was to coach. I loved to coach. I loved to teach. I loved running practices. I loved running the bench. And I, I, I wanted to do that for the rest of my life. I found a calling, I thought. And, and But that interview that went from from Sherwood Park to, to Kamloops changed everything as far as making it a career. That's very cool. Uh, can, can you stay on the line for a couple of minutes? We need to take a break, but we, we have lots more we want to chat with you about if you, if you can hang around with us. Yeah, sure. Okay, we'll just be back in two minutes with Ken Hitchcock, Hall of Fame coach in the NHL and minor hockey. Next. This morning with Stacey Bratzel and Daryl McIntyre on 630 Chat, presented by Abe's Door Service, with 24-7 emergency service where you speak to an actual person. Visit abesdoor.ca. And uh, Morley and I are having a conversation with Hall of Fame coach Kenny Hitchcock uh, joining us here on 630 Chad. Really appreciate you sticking through the uh, commercial break with us, with us, Ken. I know Morley's, Morley's got a good one for you. Uh, hey, Ken, I know you were with Dallas through those great playoff series of the late 90s and early 2000s. Then you came and coached the Oilers. Talk to me a little bit about how important games in Edmonton were for you, first off as a coach of an opposition team, but then as coach of the Oilers. Well, Morley, I got to tell you, when I was coming to Edmonton, when I was with the Stars, um, I, I didn't get treated very well, and I deserved it because it was it was a five year five year run, us and the Oilers going at each other, and it didn't really feel like home. Um, it felt like a place I used to live at. Um, there wasn't a lot of social time and it was, you know, kind of play and then get out of town. And, um, but it completely changed when I went and coached the Oilers. I I've said this to people before. I I've never enjoyed a season more. I know we didn't make the playoffs, but we got a lot out of that team. Uh, you know, we, when we lost, uh, Clefbaum and Russell, we were in fifth place in the conference. And, and when we lost those two guys, it hit us really, really hard. But I can tell you, when I went back and coached the Oilers, that's as much fun as I've had in hockey. And I really learned to re-embrace what Edmonton was like. But but I, I very much felt, when I was in Dallas, guys, I very much felt like the villain yeah. every time I came into town. Okay, so would you want to coach the Oilers right now? What the hell's going on with them? Can you weigh in and help us out here? Well, I, I don't want to give up information because I... I we, we need their playoff spot. <laughs> but, but I know I've, I've been through that three times already. I, You know, it was we went from last to first in Dallas. We went to, from last to first in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And we became a playoff team in Columbus uh, first year when we had like 40 points the year before. So uh, I, I've, I've had a lot of experience on turning it around quick. I think one of the problems, what I can tell you is, one of the problems is that you you stop having success and then you get on what's called information overload. And so you've got so much information in your head to try to correct it that you get cluttered and you freeze on the ice 
you start puck staring and you start giving up odd man rushes because of it, because you're frozen in position. And it turns around when you can free up everybody's mind and uh, and just turn it loose and let them play. And And to me, I learned one thing over time, and that was when you're in this situation and during the year, uh, when you're on a losing streak or you're not having success, you got to really simplify things, everything. Every part of your coaching has to be simplified. It's practices, um, it's, it's meetings, it's conversations with the players. Everything has to be simplified so the players aren't uh, hanging around waiting for words or waiting for conversations. They're just yeah. using their instincts and going and playing. Uh, thank you for that, Ken. Hey, we're going to run out of time soon, so Morley has a couple of rapid fires for you. Uh, here's some quick ones for you, uh, Ken. Uh, best, most talented player you've ever coached? Sergei Zuboff by a mile. All right. Player with the biggest heart. Ah, that's a really good one. Um uh, I would say we had a guy in Dallas. Uh, his name was Blake Sloan. I don't know if you remember yep. Morley, but he he was all heart, and he 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 made himself into an NHL player just by his character and his level of compete. He he was a real he was a special story for me. Toughest coach you've ever coached against. Well, two of them. Number one, Scotty. Scotty was man. Scotty was a master on the bench. You never got, you never caught him on the line change. He never had the wrong players out there. And then I think moving forward, it was Joel Quenville. Joel was um, really one of the best coaches in the world at being able to make adjustments. And uh, you knew if you caught him on a, on on game one, he was going to make adjustments for game two. So those two guys really stick out to me. Biggest one-game win, biggest single game that you won that you remember the most? Oh, for sure. Um, game six in Colorado, the first time we played them, we had lost game five at home badly, and we, we put on a clinic in game six in Colorado to take it back to game seven, which we won back home. But that game, that game set the path for the franchise for about three or four years. All right, last one from me. I've interviewed you many, many times for the pregame show over the years. You got any of those ties left? <laughs> uh, those ties left, but they're uh, the one I won for the Stanley Cup. It, uh, you couldn't find any clothing to fit that style. I don't know where I got that style from, but you know what, Morley, and I, I said this to people, once I started to win as a coach, I went into a six-tie rotation and never left it, and I was not very color coordinated, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> I don't think I don't think the fashion sense is why you get, got into the Hall of Fame, Ken Hitchcock. Congratulations again from all of us uh, here, and thanks so much for taking time to chat with us this morning. Really appreciate it. All right, thanks a lot. Take care, guys. You good, bet. good to talk to you, Hitch. All right, Kenny Hitch. Yeah, yeah. I've never met him, and you know, I'm calling him that anyway. Can't help myself.